guys. Welcome back to Six Side Cultural. Today I'm joined with Danny and Joe. What's up, guys? How's it going? It's, it's going to be a short podcast today. We're just going to be recapping uh, Match Day 25, the remaining four games that need to happen. Uh, obviously, they had to take a break because of COVID. And now we're, we're glad that City has finally back. And we're going to be uh, recapping uh, Match Day 25 and reviewing Match Day 27. So let's get right into it. Yeah, so uh, let's just start off with um, yesterday's games uh, with Torino and Parma tying. Uh, for me, it was, I don't know, it was kind of like a sloppy game. Um, I didn't, I, like, it was kind of boring, to be honest, as well. Uh, you could tell that the players in this game were a little bit rusty uh, after the three-month break. Uh, there's not much for me to talk about. If you guys want, ha- if you guys have any opinions on it, um, it's a good result for uh, uh, Parma because they were on the road and they got like a good away point that could keep them uh, up yeah. par with like Verona and Napoli as well. But Torino, it seems like they just keep continuing to slide. Um, for me, I think uh, their coach uh, Longo he has to go already. Uh, Torino, I don't know. They look, they don't look like a good team. They don't look like the team that they were last year. And uh, pardon me, uh, they don't. I don't know. I'm not scared of Torino anymore. Like before, they used to be like a little threat. Like oh, they can upset you. Um, I'm not really worried about them. And I think that if Torino, if they end up finishing low like they are now, I can see guys like Balotti leaving in um in the summer. So what do you guys think about the the game? Uh, yeah, um, I think uh, it was very lackluster game, like Danny said. It was very boring, very very hard to watch as a neutral fan. Not not, not many chances happening. Uh, in terms of uh, Parma, obviously a good, good result for them. They're, they're challenging for that. A good top seven spot, good top six even. Uh, Kulovetsky, um, I'm getting nervous. I was spending my nails watching him. Uh, obviously, new Juventus player. Uh, I don't know how he's going to play with us. He's, he's struggling over there against Torino. He had a horrible match, in my opinion. Didn't do anything too, too extraordinary. But Torino, like, like Danny said, they're on a slide. But a lot of a lot of it is because of Velotti, I think. He's not getting the goals he, sh- he should be getting. Uh, Torino had that one really good season where Velotti was banging goals. And ever since that season, they've they just been on the slide recently. And I think Velotti needs to get out of there as fast as he can before uh, his, his spot for the Euro uh, 2021 is uh, cancelled. So, um, a very, very boring game. Very low. Blackbuster game. Uh, the only positive was uh, Inkulu scoring that goal and then uh, standing solidarity for all black lives. Uh, I think that was the only positive we took out of that game, but other, other than that, it, it was a very boring game. Joe, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I agree with uh, Francesco when he said uh, his opinion on Belotti. I think that he, he should be uh, considering an exit this summer out of Torino so he can guarantee a spot for the uh, national team in the summer for the Euros. Uh, still on Torino, they're another tie for them. They don't look, uh, like Danny said, like a team that they used to be. Used to be a team that when you versed them, you were scared, uh, you know, to, if you were going to get a win, you know, a tough team that, uh, will always play good against you. And now, the last couple of seasons, they haven't been that. Um, they're three points out of a relegation spot and 15th. So I think Torino, uh, if they continue like this, you know, the next couple of games, they're going to have to find another coach because, then they're going to have to play all their cards uh, to stay in the Serie A for the, for the following season. Uh, for Parma, is another great result. Uh, they're fighting with uh, Hellas Verona and Napoli for the sixth position for the Europa League. Uh, they're having a really good season. Like Francesco said, uh, Kulozewski, um, he's not ever since Juve bottom. I think he, he he's been a, had pressure on his shoulders now. He hasn't been the same player as he was when uh, Juve didn't buy him. So uh, we're going to have to look at that uh, for the next couple of games for Parma too. 
how he reacts uh, from starting off uh, the, the Serie A again uh, poorly. But other than that, it was a, a boring game. Uh, as Francesco said, they're still trying to get into the rhythm of the Serie A. And uh, it's a good uh, good point for Parma uh, get, coming back to Serie A after that three months uh, out to get a point and keeping their place with Verona and Napoli. But for Torino, it's another uh, another de- decline as, uh, again, they're only three points away from the Serie B. Yeah, and uh, to get back to Balotti, he had a chance to uh, finally get on the score sheet, but uh, on the penalty, a step made a really yeah. nice save. And, yeah. yeah, so, again, like, Parma, they got a really good point uh, to keep par with. Uh, just, I think they t- now they're tied with Milan for... Uh, for like seventh and uh, eighth or whatever it is, yeah. uh, eighth and ninth. Uh, um, yeah, they're tied, they're yeah. tied for uh, eighth and ninth. As now to the uh, team that uh, both uh, Parma, uh, Parma and Milan are chasing to Hellas Verona Viscality. For me, this match was really entertaining. Uh, I love the way uh, Verona was playing, and as a Napoli fan, I, I was a little like I'm a little skeptical now, but I think I'm, I'm more confident because uh, we have to play them uh, this upcoming week. And for me, Verona were really well defensive. They went down to 10 men. Uh, they had an early two-goal uh, two lead with uh, Di Carmine uh, scoring two good, go- two good goals. And the second one was a banger and a half. Uh, give it that guy credit. Uh, Kennedy, they battled back. Uh, and then they got a stupid uh, second yellow. Uh, in my opinion, that was lack of uh, coaching, uh, poor coaching. And Verona, they kept their shape well. Uh, they were defensively really good. For me, the player of the match was um, Amrabat. Uh, he was really good, and he uh, was causing problems for uh, Kaledi as, uh, as well. And, yeah, so Kaledi, uh, Verona, sorry. Uh, they're a good defensive team. They're really good defensively with Romani, Kumbula in the back. And also Farone, uh, uh, he was playing really well. And, uh, yeah, so what do you guys think about the, the game? Yeah, I think uh, th- this was a more entertaining match, obviously, yeah, for that Torino um, sleep fest over there. But with Hellas, Verona, Cagliari, it had a lot of excitement in it. It was, it was very constant back-and-forth action. To, you could see the, these two teams. Are, uh, Verona's been on, on a good uh, good rise. Everyone thought they'd be going back to City at the uh, end, of, end of the season. But they're, they're actually fighting for a good place. They're uh, sixth place, I, I believe that they've been really uh, seventh, yeah, really seventh, solid. seventh behind Apple. Uh, yeah. one, one point behind Apple, yeah. Yeah, D Carbine with that, like Danny said, that that banger of a goal for the second goal. The first goal uh, w- was still a nice goal. Uh, then then you got uh, Fabio Barini. If I, if I'm being honest with you, I totally forgot he played for Verona. Uh, I was watching the game. I just know Barini, and then I see the guy getting sent off. So a very, very, very entertaining game. Cagliari almost bounced back uh, with Simeone's goal, but it just wasn't enough. And then, uh, like you said, it has everything you want. It had it had three goals, to two to Verona, one to Cagliari. It was back and forth action. You got to see a good defensive plays from both teams. And then you got two red cards. What, what, what better match uh, could you ask for? Yeah, and also as well, uh, just to get to Cagliari, they've been on a really bad slump uh, as a late. Yeah. Ever since like, they they started the season off really well, if you guys remember, yeah. uh, they were yeah. one of like the hardest teams in Italy. Uh, them in Bologna, they were really up there. Surprised, they were like fourth and fifth at one point. Um, well, they also and, don't have Sunangolan. I think that that's a huge well, factor. Well, for me, that wasn't like a huge factor uh, because like they've had them, and it's just I think recent times they just like lost them due to injury. Um, I think it was just like the lack of like squad depth, and then like the players were getting like fatigue as well. 
and yeah, their coaching coaching wasn't uh, well. And the minute they went like downhill, they fired their uh, coach and they hired another one. And for me, he's been doing a really poor job as well. Uh, this is his first game actually. So my apologies. This was actually his first game uh, against uh, Verona, and for me, I think Kennedy looked a bit better. And for me, I think they they could have tied. They they had a few chances to tie it, but then once they got that red card, um, in the seventieth minute by Tugarini, his second yellow of the game, and it yeah, was just for me that was yeah. over. That was the game. Yeah, uh, but Ona, they they are well organized. Even when they were down to ten men, I think in the fortieth minute they were down to ten men. They kept their defensive shape. They I allowed one goal, which is. Okay, because you're down to ten men, it's hard to keep a clean sheet with ten men. But they defended really well. Amrabat had a really strong game, uh, and also guys like Romani and Kubala, they were really strong in the back. So Vesper yeah, made a few saves down. that he had to make. Uh, they were just well, like they played well. And one player I liked a lot during the game was uh, Darko Lazovic. I remember in the summer I said Napoli should sign him because he was a free agent at the time, um, and he's been really well for. Uh, but on and for me, I think he was one of their best players yesterday. Uh, so, Joe, what do you think about the performance from Verona against uh, Academy? Well, Verona, again, like uh, Parma, has been one of those uh, big teams uh, on the top of the table. Uh, again, they're one point behind Napoli for the Europa League spot. Uh, and every week they, they've shown that uh, they could uh, handle anyone. Uh, with Cagliari, the last five games are winless in the last five, so... Uh, Cavalli at the beginning of the season, like Dan said, uh, were at the top, and now uh, slowly by slowly, I think fitness got to them, and they can't really keep up with uh, winning every other game. So they're back to their normal selves, I guess, in that in that type of way. Um, it was good to see uh, Pellegrini get an assist on uh, Simeone's goal. Uh, Simeone hasn't scored a, a goal in a long time, and uh, for Pellegrini, it's another assist to add to his stats. I really like Pellegrini how he's playing this season. And uh, I really hope that you uh, call him up for next season and uh, he could uh, have a battle with Alexandro for that left-back position. Uh, other than that, it was a, a very entertaining game, better than the the previous game that was shown. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that, uh, you know, Hellas Verona really have a shot uh, for that uh, Europa League spot if Napoli uh, do, uh, do uh, lose a game or two. But uh, it was a very good game, back-to-back uh, stuff. It was a big win for Hellas Verona. And for Cagliari, another uh, another loss, and uh, they're going to have to try to pick up the form that they had uh, starting the season. Yeah, uh, to Verona's point, I think uh, Napoli automatically qualified for. Uh, oh yeah, they could the Coppa Italia because of the Coppa Italia. If, I'm not too sure about that. I'll, I'll have to double check that. Uh, and so I think if it does, so if does, if Napoli do end up in a Europa League spot, I think Verona or whoever will finish behind Napoli, like in the seventh position, will yeah. uh, get it. Because I remember yeah. that happened a few years ago with uh, Swassolo. When uh, you remember when uh, Milan won the Coppa Italia? Swassolo went to Europa League. And then Swassolo went to Europa League. Yeah, yeah. So I think that could, same thing could happen with uh, Milan uh, with um, Verona. So Verona. now we get to speaking of Swassolo, uh, Atalanta and Swassolo. For me, this game was closer than the scoreline showed at one point because uh, Swassolo started off the game on fire. They were attacking really. Well, the Atalanta defense looked uh, really shaky, but they couldn't score. And Golini made a few big saves. And then from there on, the Atalanta attack took over 4-1 to Atalanta. Uh, for me, Atalanta's attack is phenomenal. Uh, 
you can say what you want about their defense, which everyone knows it's not the greatest, but their attack will make up for it. Uh, Zapata was a monster today. But I think for me, he was maybe the man of the match. Uh, for, he got the two goals, and he's just been on fire this year with him and Papu and Ilicic as well, maybe potentially the most underrated trio in the world. Uh, debatable for that one, but I think their attack is really well. Gasparini got sent off when it was 4 nothing at the Lanta, which was kind of interesting because I don't know why what he, he must have said something really bad, but I don't know why he would say it when your team's up 4 nothing, And now he won't... I think next game they have against uh, Lazio, I think it was, Atalanta and Lazio. Cool. So Gasparini he won't be on the bench, so we'll see what happens with that. For me, Swazolo, uh defensively, they were just really poor, really out of position. Uh, all the Atalanta goals were either Swazolo defensively, like, out of position, or just them giving away the ball in bad positions. Um, yeah, so that's all I have to say about the game. What do you guys uh, think about the, the game? Yeah, I'll go, yeah, I'll go I, first. I'll go okay, first. Okay, yeah, go, go. Um, I think uh, Atalanta really shown what type of team they are. Uh, not only now, but the whole season. They're really a, a top, top-notch team. I love the way they play. I wish that Juve would play the way that they play. You know, the first game from the break, yeah, they started off uh, slow, but everybody does that uh, so far that we've been watching. But after that, they, they respond with uh, three goals, four four unanswered goals. And uh, they really, you know, they really have a great young team uh, that they've established under Gasparini. I think that they're, you know, a couple games away, a couple players away from, you know, really – uh, contending for for a Serie A, even a Serie A title, uh, and I really like the way Atalanta play. They're a very uh, underrated team, and on um, any given day they could uh, beat any team. So for, that's what I think of Atalanta. First of all, Solo, you know, uh, it's the first game from the break. You really can't uh, really say anything bad from that. It's also four uh, one loss. Uh, it's bad on Solo, but uh, with an Atalanta team like they have, uh, we all we all knew that Atalanta were going to win the game one way or the other. Uh, next week they're versing Inter, so hopefully that they get pick up something from there. Uh, I really didn't see any uh, bright bright uh, performers from uh, Caler, uh, I mean uh, Swasolo, but uh, I believe that uh, they're they're a team that I don't think that they're going to get relegated this year, and uh, they're also a, a great team to watch when they're on their game. But other than that, I think Atalanta play a very good game, and they deserve the win. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, Atalanta, this was definitely the game of the match day. It was such such an entertaining game. Obviously, like Danny said, Sassuolo started off uh, guns blazing over here. Atalanta's defense shaky. But like, like we said, something's never changed. Atalanta never had the defense uh, to, to stop players. They they always just, their, their tactics are to score more than the opponents. And that's exactly what they do. Game in and game out. Sometimes they don't get the job done. That's why they lose. But this game was not one of them. It started off a bit slow, but once Atalanta uh, put that first one in the net, it it, it was lights out for a swallow. Uh, they they did they did have a disallowed goal, so it could have even been five one. Uh, but but after that, Sassuolo, I I agree. Sassuolo played played their hearts out. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a four one game. If you watch that game without knowing the score, I I wouldn't classify that as a four one game. But that that's how good Atalanta's attack are. And one thing I want to mention, um, when Sassuolo scored that free kick, and it was a beautiful free kick. I don't think Golini could have done anything. But I, I was talking to Enzo earlier, and he, he mentioned this, and I have to agree with him here. Uh, one thing um, uh, he likes about Golini, he said, is that when they were 4 nothing up and Golini, uh, like when Sassuolo scored that free kick, 
Well, I Golini like conceded it. He was very pissed off. He was frustrated. And even though they knew that they won the game, it was just a moment of frustration. And that's what you want in a goalkeeper. You want that passion. You want that. You want him to always get a clean game. When he doesn't, he gets pissed off. So that that was one thing that Enzo said that stood out for Golini. And he said, if Paulo Lopez leaves, he want he wants Golini at Roma. I think he'd be a very very good goalkeeper. Very underrated. And uh, it was a great performance by Atalanta. Good performance by Sassuolo. But when you're facing that Atalanta team, you know you got you got to hope for the best. Yeah, and uh, speaking of um, Enzo, uh, he couldn't be on the podcast today because he had to do a few things for his family. Uh, he'll probably be on the next one, so that's uh, just a little update on Enzo why he wasn't on today's podcast. Uh, again, yeah, uh, to back to Fry's point, I think Gorlini is actually a really underrated goalie uh, in the Serie A as well. Uh, today he made maybe two or three good saves, if I can recall, uh, and that's why, like, or at the beginning of the game, and if it wasn't for Guerlini, I think Swazola could have been up early, like maybe 2-0 uh, early oh. on. And, yeah, it was a really well performance by uh, Guerlini. Um He's the reason why I think Atalanta were still 0-0 before the, like, maybe before, the, like, the 15th minute or what. When did they, I think it was the 12th minute they scored. Yeah, the 16th um, minute, and yeah, yeah he was minute. he was a big part of why uh, Swazola didn't take an early lead. So who knows if it wasn't for Gorlini making those key saves in the beginning of the game, uh, what the scoreline could have ended up being. So, uh, oh, and the next match we go to now is Inter versus uh, Sampdoria. Um, for me, this was a, uh, a game of two halves. In the first half, Inter looked really dominant. Uh, Sampdoria, they they looked really, like, out of it. Uh and once it seems like once like the halftime whistle blew for the second half, it just switched. And Sampdoria were the better team in the second half. Uh, Inter like they looked really shaky. They looked two different. They looked looked like two different teams in this match. Um, they got two big goals by Lukaku and Martinez. But after Martinez scored, uh, he went invisible for me. Uh, he didn't do much. Uh, Lukaku he was causing problems in the first half as well. But then once the second half came, it was all Sampdoria and Frosbury. Uh got a goal for Sampdoria to get them back to one. Uh, but Inter ended up hanging on. And for me, that's one reason why I don't think Inter could potentially compete for the Scudetto uh, when it comes down to the end of it. I think they'll be far off by the time the season ends. Um, because it seems like they'll have like a good first half. And they'll have like two nothing, maybe three nothing up. But then by the second half, by the time the game ends, it'll be like a three one game, three two game. Uh, it seems like they always switch when they know they're in control. And I don't know if that's because of Conte or if that's just the fatigue of the players because they play the Coppa Italia and they also um, have this match right now. So I don't know. Uh, I think if Inter want to really compete for the Scudetto and continue to compete. Uh, I feel like they just just play their game 90 minutes and uh, not worry about changing up too much. Because uh, if they could, comp- if they play the way they did in the first half, in that second half, I think this game could have been like four nothing. Um, Inter. That's how dominant they were. But again, in the second half, they switched and Sampdoria took control. So give Sampdoria a little bit of credit. Uh, Ranieri got their his men ready for that second half and they almost tied it up uh, close to the end of the game. You guys have yeah. any opinions on that? Yeah, yeah, I gotta agree with you there, Danny. I definitely, it was both a, a half a piece for each team. Inter was mo- mostly dominant in the first half. 
they were all over Sampdoria. Sampdoria looked like a, a city of B-side in the first half. Inter was doing amazing passing plays. Got to give them credit. The first goal with Lukaku and the second goal with Hurtado. Great, it was a great team goal by both of them. It wasn't just a solo run and a pass or an assist and a goal. It was the whole team uh, making great passing plays in order to get those two goals. So it was a great first half from Inter. Uh, I just think in the locker room where Neri said, what the fuck is going on here? We, we need a... We need to put into where they where they deserve to be. We got we got to show them what we were capable of. Let's go and get that second half a, a piece of our minds. And then Conte said, like, there's nothing. In all fairness to Conte, there's nothing to criticize about Inter in the first half. They were played uh, almost picture perfect uh, football over there. So you can't really like say, okay, listen, we're, we're we got to just continue playing your game. And I think that's what Conte said. Second half comes around, some thought he just. They're a different. They're a different team. They look like the Serie A team that they are now, and they they just really pressured uh, Conte's men, and they couldn't really do anything. They were tired. Uh, Latado disappeared after that goal, like Danny said, like he does in big matches. And then after that, Conte brought on some substitutions for some uh, fresh legs. I think that that helped a bit. Uh, but towards this goal, it was a great goal. But other other than that chance, I don't I don't think somebody had a lot of chances. I didn't drive, I think that's what cost it in the game. But they definitely held the ball really well in the second half and really dominated Inter. At the end of the day, they got to Oscar. They're going to move on. Conte is going to move on. They're now six points away from the title race, and anything could happen now. Yeah, I agree yeah. with both, both of you guys. Uh, I think that was a, a game of two halves. I think that Inter really dominated the first half, and Sampdoria really uh, came out for the second half. Uh, for Inter, it's a big win. Six points away from top of the table for from Juve. Uh, for Sampdoria, it's another def- devastating loss. Uh, they said one point ahead of Lecce for the final Serie A B position. Uh, Lukaku, another goal for Lukaku. Great uh, partnership. I think, like I said before, they're the best partnership in Serie A with Lukaku and uh, Martinez. Uh, they score lots of goals together, and they're really a good duel to have, uh, not only on Inter, but on any team. Uh, it was a big win for Inter, coming back from the break, uh, coming back from the, the tie with Napoli to, to take them out of the Coppa Italia. Um, at the end of the day, three points are three points. It doesn't matter how you, you play, just as long as you get those three points. And these were big, uh, points for Inter. Again, three points away from you, uh, six points away from Juve, my mistake. And, uh, they're gonna continue, uh, to, to play to the best of their abilities, uh, because this is the only competition that they're in so far in the Europa League. So they, they wanna really push Juve to the, to the limit, push Lazio to the limit, and, uh, we'll see what the, they'll do next week, uh, versus Swasolo. Yeah, so now we go to uh, match day 27. Uh, we're just going to preview them, may give our predictions uh, during the game, uh, during what might happen during the game. Uh, so we'll start off with the match, uh, Fiorentina versus Brescia, uh, about 1.30. And what do you guys think? I think Fiorentina can get the win here. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think Fiorentina is going to get the win. Uh, I think that they're going to come off uh, the break. Uh, with a W. As for Brescia, I really, I really don't, uh, I was expecting more from Brescia this season, uh, with yeah, Balotelli and, and Tonali and all the great, uh, players that they have, but they really have, they're not meant for, uh, Serie A so far this season. I think they're going to be, uh, one of the teams that are guaranteed back to the Serie A, be, uh, this season. Uh, it's not going to be a straightforward win, but I do see Fiorentina winning. Country? Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be an ugly win, but I think Fiorentina's going to win like a 2 nothing win. Okay. Okay, so now next match we have is Lecce versus uh, Milan. Uh, you know what? I think Milan could get a sneaky 1-0 victory here. Uh, what do you guys think about this match? Yeah, 
I think I think I think it's gonna be. I'm I'm gonna go under the bus here. I think I think it's gonna be a tie. I don't think Milan's good enough. I think Lecce has a lot to prove. Obviously the the relegation. I I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a one-one draw. Uh, I think that this game's gonna be a back and forth game. I think both teams are are starting to get into that shape of Serie A again. But I do believe that uh, Milan will come with the win. Uh, I think it's going to be not three forward. I don't think any of these games uh, this week will be a three forward win. But I do believe Milan will win. Uh, I think two nothing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, next match we have is the last match of uh, tomorrow or the twenty second. That's yeah tomorrow. Uh, Bologna versus uh, Juventus. So I'll let you guys uh, take the floor here since this is your team. Uh, Fred, if you want to start. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first here. Uh, Juventus Bologna. I, I think this is a very important game for Juventus. Uh, this is Sadi has a uh, has Agnelli grabbing him by the shoulders at this game. It's a must-win game for Juventus. Uh, for Juventus fans, for Sadi's job, for for uh, Sadi Sanity too. Uh, there there's a bus stop, a reported bus stop that Sadi called bullshit earlier with Pjanic. Uh, so I don't know who's gonna start. If Pjanic starts, I'm I'm gonna say it's a, it's gonna be a very ugly one. I think one for Juventus. If Aaron Ramsey starts in the midfield, I think it's gonna be a very comfortable. Two, three, nothing win. But any anything could happen. Uh, obviously, Bologna hasn't seen at all play uh, post uh, lockdown. Juventus already played two, and we failed off to score a goal in both matches. Obviously, the loss against Napoli, Coppa Italia, and uh, the tie to Milan. So uh, anything could happen. But I'm, I'm hoping for a Juventus win. Uh, obviously, I think it's going to be two, two, not two. I'll say three, nothing if Ramsey starts one, one if Kanet starts. Okay, Joe, what do you think? Well, uh, coming back from these uh, two uh, bad games, uh, one with Milan and, of course, the final loss with Napoli in shootout. Uh, you know, this whole season has been a very bad season, in my opinion, for Juve. Uh, I've been watching Juve for a, a very long time, and I've never seen a team this uh, this bad but get results. Um, and I think the main the main reason why we get the wins is because of either a brilliance from one player or because Ronaldo's uh, scoring the goals when we need it. Um, every week we come and saying, hopefully we see a new Juve team, but we've been saying that since September. Uh, and every week, uh, Juve has been looking the same. So I, don't, I see no improvement to the games. It doesn't matter who starts in midfield. It's all garbage. Uh, and the attack, it, it's another garbage, the attack. You know, we say Douglas Costa, Dybala, Ronaldo, and then they play and, and it's just a terrible performance. Um, obviously, like Francesco said, it's a must win for Juve. Uh, everybody's against the club right now. Everybody's against the owners. Everybody's against the coach, so it's not a, a very pleasant sight here. Um, but I do have uh, uh, an opinion. I, I think that Juve plays better when Gonzalo Higuain's in the team. Uh, I, I don't care about the midfield. Midfield, all, all of them are shit, so it doesn't matter who starts in midfield. But in my opinion, when Higuain plays, the, the attack plays more fluently. Uh, he can hold up the play and switch to the either sides, and, and that's a player that we really need. Uh, another thing that's garbage about us this season is that we have no depth on the bench. Uh, for the Copa Italia game, I think we our best player on the bench was Bernadeschi, and that tells you something from Juve. <laughs> so right now, yeah, you could tell that I'm very disappointed with the the way things are going at Juve. Uh, from from management to the playing style to the coach, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, we're, we lost the Supercoppa, we lost the Copa Italia, and the Serie A were one point ahead of Napoli, which is, uh, I mean, Lazio, which is not a, a whole lot, that's one game. Sure. And in the Champions League, we're losing one nothing to Leon. So this season's been very p- piss poor from Juve. And uh, if if we don't really go far in the Champions League, and if at the end we don't uh, win the the Serie, A, oh, yeah. I think Sorry. I think that Sadi better be packing his bags and going back to to wherever uh, 
wherever you came from before. <laughs> but ju- just uh, going back to the game, uh, I hope it's a, a Juve win. But I don't expect anything special. Uh, a 2 1, 1 nothing type uh, victory. Uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, I hope players like Dybala, Costa, those guys get on the, the score sheet. You know, I, hope, I, I want Ronaldo to score too, but you need other players to start performing because when Ronaldo doesn't score, there's nobody else there to score. I hope it's a win, and uh, hopefully I'm not disappointed after the game. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think Juve have been really poor this year, uh, especially with the loss in uh, the Coppa Italia uh, in Lyon. And, Joe, I wish Napoli were in second. I'll be on cloud nine if they were a point behind Juve at this point. Uh, but I think this game could be a bounce-back game for Juve. Um, I don't know why. I feel like Maurizio Sarri should just switch up the formation, uh, try something new, maybe try Dybala at the camp, put Higuain Ronaldo if Higuain's actually fit enough for this game. Um, and I feel like Juve could bounce back after those two uh, poor performances in the Coppa Italia, and I think they can get maybe a 2-0 uh, victory over Bologna. But I won't count on Bologna to put up a little fight against uh, Juve because they are a spunky team. Oh, uh, you you already you already know that you're going to put up a fight because you, with Juve it's never a straightforward win. It's yeah. always a, it doesn't matter who we face, we always play like garbage. So Bologna is going to have a, a really good chance. Yeah, of winning I feel this like Bologna could put up a fight because they're, they're, they're a team like that too. They're a team like that can okay could get the first goal and then kind of like rattle like oh are we actually going to lose these guys. But then so I, I feel like Juve could get like a maybe a two nothing win, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a two one uh, scrappy win at the end. Yeah. So now we'll go on to the uh, Tuesday matches on the 23rd. Uh, we'll start out with Spal versus Kaledi. Um I feel like uh, Kaledi could get a victory here. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I think um, based on what I've seen of Kaledi, I haven't seen Spal. I'm going to have to give the edge to Kaledi. I think it'll be like a scrappy Suwon in Kaledi's favor. Uh, I just don't see Spal without any fans. This is going to be the first match back. Cagliari already has that fitness. They have the, the match experience already. So I think Cagliari is going to be favored here. I'm going to give Cagliari the, the edge of 2-1. Yeah, I agree with uh, Francesco. I think that they're going to want to bounce back win. And uh, Spal is another poor side this season. And I think that they're going to go also to the Serie B. It's not going to be straightforward, but I also think that uh, Cagliari will uh, come through and win the game. Uh, I think it'll be a 3-1 win. Yeah, and also I think uh, they said Joel Padro might be fit enough for that game, which he did miss the Verona game, so that's a big boost for Kaledi as well. For his uh, top, uh, he's the top goal scorer in Kaledi. Uh, so the next match we have, and this one's going to be an interesting one. Uh, it's kind of weird for me saying this. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to this match. Verona versus Napoli. Um, I think for me, I think Napoli can come off the Coppa Italia with a nice win here. Uh, I know Verona is really good defensively, uh, but I just think Napoli will have like the edge, the uh, momentum from the Coppa Italia win, uh, and pull off maybe a two nothing victory over uh, Verona. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I, I just think uh, sometimes history repeats itself. Danny, you're gonna kill me for saying this, but the last time Napoli uh, celebrated a win against Juve. Uh, they they went on a, a bad run of form. I think Verona and uh, at the beginning of the season, if Danny, if I told you that Verona versus Napoli was going to be a very intense game, uh, to fight to see who who's uh who's ahead of who, I think you just laugh in my face. But obviously this season's 
full of surprises. Verona and Napoli are both, uh, near that top of the table in that fighting for that top six spots. I, th- I think Verona is going to take this. I think it's going to be 2-1. I think uh, Napoli is going to score first, and Verona is going to score two, two goals right after and uh, win the game. Uh, going into this game, I think the Napoli are going to be on the on the high, uh, but also Verona, you know, they really want to, to be ahead of uh, Napoli, like Francesco said. But I just think that uh, because Napoli already played a game and Hellas Verona is starting to get back, I think Napoli would take the win. Uh, it's going to be a very uh, intense game because both these teams are fighting for that, you know, that sixth position. But I do think at the end, Napoli will pull up with the win uh, 2-1. Okay. And then the three forty-five games, we have Genoa versus Parma. Um, I think Parma will take this one. Uh, I feel like they'll just continue to do well in Syria, maybe even get to that seventh position. Uh, Genoa, for me, Genoa has been really poor. Um I don't know what happened. They seem like they have a decent team on paper, uh, but they've just been really poor. And they need this victory because they're only a point up uh, the relegation zone. And if, say, Lecce do win against Milan, it could be trouble for Genoa, and I think they could potentially go down as well. So what do you guys think about the Lecce for, uh, sorry, Genoa versus yeah, Parma match? Yeah, I, th- I think... Um... I think uh, Genoa's been poor this season, but I think uh, there's one key ingredient missing in Genoa's success, and that's the man, the myth, the legend, Stefano Sperato. I, I, th- I think uh, Parma, <laughs> I, 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 they were my dark horse in the city. Uh, I said that they were going to be ninth place, and so far they've exceeded my, all my expectations. So I think I, I could vote for them to lose a, 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 a weak um, odds. So I'm going to say Genoa 3-1 win, Sperato on the scoreboard. Uh, I think that this game uh, is going to be tough for uh, Genoa because of uh, Parma already playing a game, getting into the form, getting their legs moving. Um, but I do. Th- Genoa is one of those tricky teams that you know, once in in ten games that they pop off and they, they surprise teams. Um, and I think it's going to end up as a, a draw, two two. They also two-two? do have Serie A legend Mattia Perin. <laughs> yeah, Mattia Perin. <laughs> yeah, but. Parma have uh, Seppe, yeah, who's been really in form as well. Uh, he's been really good this year for them. I think uh, and I don't think, for me, I don't think Genoa have the, the attack to say, oh, okay, they could potentially upset Parma. Uh, for me, I think they've been really poor, and their top goal scorers are left back, Cushito. So Cushito, yeah. That's what, the, well, that's what it says about the team. Um, now we're trying to rip on Genoa. I actually, we had, well, Napoli had a lot of respect for them, but I think something happened with our ultras, so that's why, like, we're no longer, like, I'm going to put him, quote-unquote, friends of the Syria anymore, so I think Palmer could get the win. And then the last match of uh, the Tuesday is Udinese versus Torino, and surprise, surprise, I think Udinese wins this match. Uh, I'm going to give it, like, maybe a 2-1 victory for Udinese. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is going to be the, the boring game of the of the match day. I think it's just going to be a lackluster draw. I'll say I'm going to say zero zero. Yeah, I really don't see Torino uh, getting any wins. I think that uh, I think they're one of the most overrated teams in all of Europe. Uh, oh wow! Uh, it's you know they have all these players. You know they have Belotti. They have uh, they have all these guys that, that you know. Well, Vesely's out for the season with uh, he suffered a really bad injury, so that's a big loss for them uh, in the midfield. I also think that Zaza's not meant for Serie A soccer anymore. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people were uh, bashing him from his last performance of of their game the other day. Uh, for Belotti, I think 
you know, the season he hasn't been on the top form that he normally is. 24 games with nine goals. I think that he has to move from Torino ASAP. Uh, but going to Udinese, I think that uh, they're a team that uh, could upset. It's not upset. I think that they're better than Torino, but I think that they'll uh, come out with a win uh, two two to one. Yeah, and also uh, going back to uh, Torino, uh, I think a lot of guys could potentially leave in the summer. Someone like Sarah Gu could be a name to watch out for. Uh, even Izzo, because I know he's getting linked with a lot of teams. Uh, I don't know if he'll move, but there's some news that he could potentially move. I, 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 I definitely uh, see, too. Yeah, I definitely see Belotti moving. And if he doesn't move, then... Uh, yeah, I think he's not getting called for Euro 2021. Yeah. Well, the ball depends. It all depends who. City, a beat striker. Mancini would but not. No, but if Torino stay up, I think if Torino finish like really bad, like I think if they stay like maybe if they can get somehow like to like 12th or 11th, maybe 10th, yeah. I can see Belotti staying and maybe depending on who they bring in next year, uh, they could be a team for Europe. Or we'll see what they do. Uh, and now we'll go on to the. 24th, which is the Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, the Wednesday. Yeah, uh, we'll start off with Inter Milan versus Swassolo. I think, for my uh, my opinion, I think Inter will get like a one, maybe two, three, nothing win uh, over Swassolo. Yeah, I agree. I think Inter uh, on the high here. They want to keep up with Inter uh, with Juve and Lazio uh, versus Swassolo team. I think that they just overpowered them uh, with attack, midfield, and defense. I think it's going to be a straightforward win for Inter, uh, three, nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a two nothing win to Inter. I think it's just gonna be a it's gonna be a cruise. I think the soul is gonna start off very defensive, very reserved, uh, not let Inter break through. But Inter's gonna eventually break through in the second half, and once that the floodgates are gonna open, they're gonna get a second goal and win the game two nothing. Yeah, for me, I think I don't know if Swasol are gonna start off defensive. I think they'll start off attacking and try to rock into early like they did with Atalanta, and I don't think it'll work. Uh, so now we'll go on. I'll save this match for the last one because I think this one could be the uh, match of the match of the match day. Uh, we'll be. go on to Roma versus Sampdoria. Um, I I honestly hope uh, I, I know Enzo's gonna probably kill me for saying this. Uh-huh. I hope Sampdoria can upset Roma uh, because now we're uh-huh. chasing Roma for the, the fifth and qual- qualification to Champions League. Uh, but I think Roma will end up winning this match, uh, maybe two one or even a two nothing, maybe one nothing, two one victory. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say a, a Roma win here. I just don't think that Sampdoria have what it takes to challenge. Um, to challenge Roma, I think um, no matter what Roma has, Enzo's gonna disagree here with Pellegrini's poor performances. But you know, uh, the COVID could have helped him. You never know. But I, I think I think Roma's gonna win. It's gonna be a very ugly win. I think Enzo's gonna be at the edge of a seat, the poor guy. And uh, I, th- I think it's gonna. Be, I think it's gonna be a one win for Roma. Yeah, I think that uh, it's not going to be a straightforward win, but I do think that Rome will uh, end up getting the three points. Uh, Sampdoria, I think they're a good team and all, but uh, I think that they're just not uh, on par with uh, Roma. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a straightforward win for them also. I think it's going to be 2 nothing Rome. Okay, so now we get to the I which I believe could be potentially the match, the match of the match days. 100%. Uh, Atalanta versus Lazio. Oof. And the last time, if you guys recall, the last time these guys played, these two teams played, Lazio were up, uh, or Atalanta were up 3 nothing early on, and Lazio came back to tie at 3-3. Um, I don't think it's going to have enough spark like the, like the last time, uh, but I think this match could be maybe even a 2-1 victory. I'm going to say 2-1 victory for Atalanta. 
Um, I don't know how Lazio get uh, play because this is their first match back from uh, the COVID, and I don't know how they're gonna play. I don't know if they have enough depth to compete with uh, Juve and Inter. Um, I think Atalanta will win this match two uh, one. Yeah, I think this is definitely like what Danny said, uh, match match of the match day. Uh, I think uh, the biggest I would have went with an Atalanta win, but I think the biggest. Um, um, I, I don't know how, how to word my words here, but uh, I guess downfall for Atalanta is that Gasparini won't be on the sidelines. I think yeah, the biggest huge, like huge, um, huge loss. Uh, yeah, like the biggest advantage that Lazio have is they actually have a yeah. coach. But I don't yeah. know if it will make a difference because like I saw it today when he got sent off, he was in the stands. Like he was like in the stands, he was still yelling at the team. So I don't know how yes. like if it will make a difference because I there's no think, fans. I just think mentally. Me- I- I think mentally, Gasparini is going to be frustrated. The fact that when he's yelling, and sometimes maybe the players won't be able to hear him, he can't just get up and go to the touchline and stand up and yell and orchestrate the play like he wants to. So he has to really prepare the team beforehand to do what he wants to do and try to uh, predict what Lazio is going to do so he can orchestrate the play before the game and then at halftime to see, like, give him a talk to see what's happening. But I, uh, saying that, I do I do think it is in Bergamo, so I think that's a good advantage for Atalanta. I think um, I think it's going to be a very, very, very scrappy. I think it's going to be a 4-3 game for Atalanta. Joe, what do you think? I'm hoping that uh, Lazio will drop points in this, uh, in this match day to give you a little bit of breathing room. Uh, I really hope that Atalanta play the way they did uh, today uh, versus Lazio and really come out and uh, deliver and finish their chances. Uh, I'm hoping for uh, Lazio to drop points, and I really hope that they do. Uh, and I really think that it will happen. I think Atalanta are going to give them a fight, but I, uh, like Danny said, it's not going to be like the first game that they had. I don't think it's going to be uh, six goals involved. But uh, I do see a tie. I, I think it's going to end up uh, either 1-1 or 2-2. Yeah, and uh, I think I think at the start of the game is gonna be the biggest. Uh, I think it's the biggest. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, kind of like the how dictate how the game will go. Um, yeah. I think if whoever team starts off well, as long as they capitalize on their chances, I think that could be the difference. Uh, like today, like Atalanta, they were shaky. They didn't start off really well, and Swasolo took it to them for like at least the first maybe ten minutes. Uh, Gorlini had to make a few good saves. And that shifted the game, and Atalanta took that momentum and buried four goals against the solo. So you could see, that, you could potentially see that in the Lazio game, with both teams having great attacks. With um, pardon me, uh, Luis Alberto uh, playmaking from his uh, position and Immobile finishing the goals. So if Lazio can get off strong, I think they could potentially take it. But I want to see a two-one Atalanta win. That's what I think. Yeah. So I think that's all. Um, yep, that's all for the Match Day 27. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for the support you've been giving us uh, lately, especially with the Coppa Italia watch party. Uh, our pitchers are doing phenomenal on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, if you guys are not following our Twitter or Instagram, it's at 6 uh for both Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel, we are starting to post more videos on uh, YouTube now. It's the same, uh, 6 We just posted... Uh, a Napoli uh, fans, Napoli fans reacting to the penalty 
and yeah, Napoli winning the Coppa that's Italia. On IG, that's on our IGTV. Or that's on our IGTV and also YouTube. Uh, it's actually really good. I'm not being biased uh, as a yeah, Napoli fan and also good. as a member. We really uh, love to put together from a Juve fan. And just to see that, that the great emotion from the Napoli fans on how they reacted to that, that historic moment. Because it's not like, I think, Danny, you said it best earlier on. Uh, one, one uh, Copa Italia for Juve is like 30 for for Napoli. So I think that, that moment with... Well, Leon, vice versa, all, vice versa. <laughs> uh, one Copa Italia for Napoli is like 10 oh, yeah, sorry, uh, Copa yeah, Italia yeah. for Juve. Like, it, yeah. it doesn't happen often, but when it does, uh, Napoli fans will celebrate. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's especially, like, it's really nice to see, especially during this tough time where uh, there couldn't be any fans in the game and we're all just uh, in quarantine. Uh, it's a tough time for everyone, especially in the world, uh, with all the BS that's going on. And hopefully uh, it gets better soon and we can go back to our normal lives. But seeing Napoli win the Coppa Italia and then seeing the reaction that they had in uh, yeah, Napoli, and especially you could tell like it meant country. so much to them, especially even if some fans say, oh, it's just a Coppa Italia, why are they overreacting? I think if any other team would have won the Coppa Italia besides Juve, uh, they would be celebrating like it's a World Cup or like a Champions League, and that's what the Napoli fans do. Uh, that's the passion that they have, and I, to get, not to like go on on with it, but I just want to say thank you guys so much for all the support and love you guys have been giving us. Uh, continue to do support because if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. And uh, yeah, so if you guys want to have, if you guys have anything else to say uh, before we wrap it up, I just want to continue on that conversation. Uh, be sure to check out if you haven't that Kobe Tayo watch party. Uh, we posted a video of the last uh, 15 minutes of the game uh, that includes the penalty shootouts and uh, such. I think that, especially that moment over there, Danny, when Malik scored the, the last penalty, the dagger in the heart before he puts on a black and white jersey for the next <laughs> season, unfortunately, I think, um, I think that, that, that just screamed the definition of passion. The way you screamed, and I, I, I heard you crying, it, it, it showed pure passion, and it showed how much more Napoli wanted it than Juve. And I think that, yeah, that was the big factor in the win. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, uh, before like you guys watch that video, I recommend if you do have headphones, uh, please have your volume at really low. Uh, yeah, because we have instead of one Napoli fan, and I know I'm loud enough as a Napoli fan, we have two Napoli fans, <laughs> and especially with me, I, for me, I have a few personal issues to uh, take care of this past year and with COVID and stuff as well. Uh, this just, oh, I can't even speak because I'm like it's getting to me right now. But this felt so relieved. I felt so relieved uh, that Napoli finally won the silverware. I get to see them win silverware. And especially the season that we were having. To win a Copa, a Copa Italia, it, it went beyond my head. Like I never would picture Napoli lifting a trophy this season, especially the way we were playing. Uh, so I, I just want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Gattuso. Uh, he said that this uh, Copa Italia run was for his sister and you could tell that the players were playing for him and for also his sister Francesca so shout out to Gattuso and thank you so much for uh, changing Napoli for the better and you could tell that the team is a lot better and that they are playing for not just for themselves but they're also playing for the badge and also for Gattuso so let's give a quick shout out to him so I think that's all guys uh, thank you guys again for enjoying this podcast uh we'll see you guys next time and uh yeah ciao ragazzi ciao guys